The Sabres have a kid line that is one of the best in hockey right now. A win on Sunday and a upcoming stretch of games that allows an opportunity for the Sabres to get right back in it. We'll talk about the Cousins line, what's ahead for the Sabres, and Sunday's win over the Sharks here on the Locked on Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel where you can get in uh, you can get in touch with the show. We love to read comments from our YouTube section. Some of them, not all of them. Uh, so that's available to you. So check us out there. And wherever you may be listening, be sure to like and subscribe the show. Give us a rating. And uh, we always appreciate that as well. Our most recent show was about Peyton Krebs on the YouTube channel. So be sure to check that out. We had a comment from Joel in the comments that said he needs to be in Rochester for the rest of the year. A little bit of a jump. Uh, if you ask me, I wouldn't do that. Um, Granado getting some criticism in the comments section for how he's utilizing Peyton Krebs. And I think that might be a little bit fair, but uh, a new revelation, a new discovery with him, which is it might just be that he was playing with Casey Middlestat and Victor Olofsson. Uh, and those two are a sinkhole. We'll talk a little bit about that. And also the line that is playing out of their minds right now, which is the kid line, the young guns line. We need a name for it. Cousins, Paterka, and Krebs. We'll talk about that here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. And also, I've got a take for you that you're going to like. A reason why I think the Sabres are capable of a run and getting back into playoff contention and why I think that that could happen and that if I were outside of Buffalo, I would be focusing on them as that team. That's ahead here on today's show uh, at Sneaky Joe Sports to follow us on Twitter. I'm at uh, I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports and at Locked on Sabres to follow the podcast account. Been fighting a little bit of a cold, been losing my voice, which in radio and podcasting is literally the worst thing to happen. So should be able to go about 20 minutes here, but we're going to play that by ear. Got the water here. So we'll see how we uh, how we take it here. Uh, but I think I should be good. Been chugging tea for the last couple of days, chugging water, all the liquids. So uh, fun show planned for you today. One news item, though, to start with, and not necessarily a fun news item to start with. The World Juniors, for, remember the World Juniors? They happened in August, and they're happening again in December in their normal slotted time. The August World Juniors were a makeup of last year's World Juniors. So we've got three weeks until they get rolling, and – there are a lot of Sabres prospects that are eligible to be at the World Juniors, included among them Isaac Rosine, uh, who is currently with the Rochester Americans. Uh, Sweden, I believe, will be announcing their roster uh, on Wednesday. Uh, let me double-check that actually right now. And, yeah, they, they have not announced their roster as of now, so I don't know when they're going to do that. But he's one name that would be eligible for this. Um and we talked about Noah Oslin uh, as another eligible player for Sweden. Same team. Uh, Yuri Kulich is another one. Kulich and Rosine would have to be released by the Amherst. They would have to basically be permitted by the Amherst to do it. Um, and I think that probably will 
here we go. Uh, Chad D. Domenicis tweeted this on Monday. Uh, Sweden will announce their roster, which could include Noah Oslin and Isaac Rosine. If Rosine's on that roster, it sounds as though he will be released. Same goes for Coolidge. Okay, so essentially what Chad is saying is if he gets selected, those guys get selected, the team, the Amherst will allow them to go play at the World Juniors, which is not a surprise. Usually the AHL level, they'll let those guys go. So Coolidge seems likely for the Czech Republic, and Oslin seems likely for Sweden. Rosine probably as well. One name, a little bit of a disappointment, that he's not going to beat the World Juniors, is Matthew Savoy. Matthew Savoy, the ninth overall pick by the Buffalo Sabres in this past draft, who I have been very high on. I've been talking him up for months since that pick was made. He was not selected to Canada's camp, not even just the team, but he was not invited to camp. And that is a big disappointment that that is the case. But it's also not out of left field. Oslin, or excuse me, Savoy has been really struggling this season with the Winnipeg Ice in the WHL. After last year uh, recording 90 points in 65 games, you probably would have been hoping for a step forward in terms of his offense, just looking at his numbers. Uh, a lot of his advanced numbers reflect this as well into the hundreds this year with Winnipeg. And instead, he has even taken a bit of a step back. 29 points in 23 games, still not terrible, but when you're a ninth overall pick and you are already drafted and you go back to juniors, you're expected to take a step forward. And that is not happening right now with Matthew Savoy. So a little bit of a concern, Not no need to hit the panic button, but definitely a disappointment that he is not going to be with Team Canada at the World Juniors. And I will give you one example of why you don't have to hit the panic button. Jack Quinn made Canada's World Junior team, but was a fourth liner and played very few minutes and did nothing at the World Juniors. And now, we'll talk about him in a second, Jack Quinn looks great. So don't read everything into Canada, who is the best roster at the World Juniors, not selecting Matthew Savoy. But worth noting, his development has stalled just a little bit here at the beginning of the season. If it, that is continuing to happen into the spring and into the late later stages of the world of the junior season, then I'll start to be more and more concerned. But for now, just worth noting, stalled a little bit, but I think we're okay on Matthew Savoy for now. But definitely disappointing he will not be at the World Juniors. We've got a kid line, though, in the Sabres that are doing really well, that are at the NHL level and are doing well, which is more important, I think, at this stage in the Sabres build. Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka, and Jack Quinn are playing out of their minds right now. A 6-3 to three win by the Sabres over the San Jose Sharks on Sunday. By the way, 2-0 with the red and black. Not surprised in the least. They are unbeatable when they are wearing those jerseys. They cannot lose wearing black and red. They have not done it in 16 years. That line on that team wearing those colors is the most fun thing to watch on this team in years. 12-5, to by the way, in the two games the Sabres have won wearing black and red. They've won those two games 12-5. to Now, in Sunday's win, Dylan Cousins notches three assists. Uh, J.J. Paterka scores a nice goal, and Jack Quinn scores two goals. All three played phenomenal. And if you look at their advanced numbers, they dominated the shot totals. They dominated the Corsi four. They dominated expected goals for. They were the best team line on the ice every time they were out there. They are really developing into a fun line, a high event line as well. Uh, a good tweet 
that Saber Metrics had on Twitter, who's a good follow on Saber's Twitter that I'll put up for our YouTube watchers right now. Excuse me. Right now, the top 10 lines in the National Hockey League at five on five. Stick with me. This is a mouthful, but it's really not that advanced of a stat. It's just a lot of things to kind of pin it down to the most meaningful minutes. Top 10 lines in the league at five on five. Expected goals for per 60 minutes. So this is the amount of goals you're expected to score as a line per 60 minutes of ice time that you get. And right now, in that stat, the Cousins, Quinn, Paterka line are the number one line in hockey. The most goals expected per 60 minutes of ice time of any line in the league. Essentially, they're the most offensive line in hockey. That's essentially what that means. In layman's terms, the Quinn Paterka Cousins line is the most offensive line in hockey. 5.28 goals per 60 minutes. In fact, that is way above Alex Barkov, Matthew Kachuk, and Carter Verhage, who are the second highest line in that category. And then Paul Stastny, Derek Stepan, Stefan Nuisen, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman are next. Sidney Crosby, Ricard Raquel, Jake Gensel. We are talking about other teams' top lines that Cousins, Quinn, Paterka are the top at. And by the way, they are the youngest line in hockey. They are doing this as the youngest line in hockey. And I think there are a couple of things that are happening that is making that line so effective. One, they are lightning fast, all three of them, in part because of their youth, but also all three are tremendous skaters. Cousins' straight-ahead speed is right up there with at the top of the list for the fastest savers. Cousins lacks a little bit of the agility that some of these other guys have. So if he's be making these cuts or he's going side to side or if he's stopping along the wall, not quite as agile as these others. But straight ahead speed, you saw the goal that he sets up uh, Jack Quinn on in the, in the shark game. It's just he gets the puck in his own end and he races straight ahead and he beats the, the shark all the way to the spot to be able to make the pass. So straight ahead speed, Cousins has it. Paterka, I think, is the fastest player on this team and the best skater because he's got the speed and also has the agility. He can move all around the ice. It makes him so dynamic as an offensive threat. And then Quinn is very similar to Paterka in that regard where he can move anywhere on the ice, cuts to the middle a lot uh, because he's got that powerful stride on his right leg. I mentioned that shootout goal he scored the other day and how how athletic he is to put all his weight on one leg and push off to the right to be able to slip that puck around Nedeljkovic of the Red Wings to beat the, the to beat Detroit. Uh, Quinn, Paterka, Cousins, their speed and their athleticism as a line in their youth makes them fast. And they've all got skill. They've all got skill. They've all got playmaking ability. They've all got good hands in terms of stick handling. And... Now that Cousins is scoring and started to figure out his shot a little bit, all three can put the puck in the back of the net. All three are finishers. And that is a big difference between some of the other youthful Sabres that are maybe stalling right now. Casey Middlestat, for one. Middlestat, highly thought of prospect, top 10 pick. He's got the playmaking. He's got good hands. He's got good speed. But one thing that Middlestat lacks is he has no finish to his game or a very, very little finish uh, to his game. Peyton Krebs is another one. Krebs is a very good playmaker, a tremendous passer, a good skater. But 
ask him to put the puck in the back of the net in an open chance from the high slot, and he's not going to do it very often. Doesn't have a good release, doesn't have a good finish. All three of these guys now, Cousins, Quinn, Paterka. Paterka, that surprised me a little bit. I did not think he would have this shot to his game, but he does. He's coming down the wall, and he beats Aaron Dell against the Sharks with the blocker side. Quinn, we know, is an elite shot. It's why he got drafted in the top 10. And I, since I criticized Cousins, the guy keeps scoring, and he can't be stopped. So I got to give it to Cousins. Uh, and a part of it is how fast he's going when he shoots the puck. That helps him out a lot. Uh, I still would like to see him change the angle of his shot and his release a little bit more often. Um, but I've been very impressed with him in the last week or two. And Cousins now, by the way, second star of the week in the NHL. And he has eight points in his last three games, which means – He now is almost at a point per game on the season. 24 points in 25 games. An offensive jump. We were wondering before the season, who's going to take that Thompson leap? Who's going to be that guy that goes from pretty good player? Thompson wasn't even that. But who can can make that massive step forward? Darlene did this, and then Thompson did it. Who was going to be that guy this year? And it's Ben Cousins. Paterka and Quinn have showed up, and they've been great right away. But Cousins is the one that has gone from uh, 38 points last year to, oh, boom, he's a point-of-game player, and the Sabres need multiple guys like that to take leaps like Cousins is currently making. So good on him. He has been tremendous. And that line is part of the reason why I think the Sabres are capable of making a little bit of a run here and getting back into the playoff mix. And I'll explain why and why this next week is a big opportunity for the Sabres to have a season here, to get back into the playoff race and to make – Make fans get invested in an actual race. Standings watching, score watching, all of it. I'll explain when we come back here on the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. Been fighting a cold here, and, you know, the throat's been going away a little bit. The voice, I should say, has been going away a little bit. And I got to be honest, I went a couple of days without my Athletic Greens, and I think, can I can I explain it that way? I think that might be the culprit. Uh, athletic Greens. I use the drops. I drop one little drop into my coffee or my water, and I drink and I get all the vitamins and minerals that I need. They also have the powders. You can make a shake out of it. They taste really good. A bunch of different ways to digest energy, simplicity, vitamins, minerals, 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, I should say, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help your day start right. This special blend of ingredients helps you support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, especially, I should say, uh, but also your recovery, your focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're eating Keto, paleo, vegan, daily free, gluten free, because it contains less than one gram of sugar. It's got no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. And inexpensive, costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all in one nutritional insurance. It's backed by professional athletes, recommended over 7,000 five star reviews. The leading health experts, Tim Ferriss, Michael Gervais, are all uh, in on it as well. Uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Jody Biasi back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. The Sabres currently are uh, riding a one one game winning streak. That did I need to say that? I, I thought they were maybe around a two game winning streak, but they're not. Um, 
The Sabres are at 23 points in 25 games after the win over the Sharks on Sunday. Here is why I believe they are capable and are maybe primed to get back into the playoff race, and I can see it happening. If I were looking around the league right now, take me out of Buffalo. I'm not this close to the situation. I don't follow the team as much as I do. I'm just looking around the league and trying to figure out, all right, who is capable of getting in the race that's currently not in the race? And you look around the standings and you think, "Mm, here's Columbus, the Sabres' next opponent, by the way. Uh, Minus 26 goal differential, E, and they're one of the least scoring teams in hockey while also giving up the fourth most goals in hockey. All right, I don't like Columbus. Ottawa, not really living up to expectations. They're not scoring as much as they would have hoped. Very low event hockey. They're playing very careful. They don't really trust a lot of their talent right now to kind of, you know, breathe and create chances. Don't like them. If I go out West, oh, Arizona. No, we're least talented team I've ever seen. Chicago, same thing. They were tanking before the year. Anaheim's doing a little bit of a stealth tank here. And their best player is their goaltender who hasn't had a good season in three years. So I don't like them. Uh, I don't know. What about St. Louis? St. Louis is a team you might think, well, they got some talent. They got some good young pieces. They got some veterans. Um, got a couple of goaltenders, but minus 23 goal differential, and they're not scoring a lot. And, oh, by the way, their goalie's a head case in Jordan Biddington. So I know they have a couple of goalies, but they're not really playing well. Uh, Nothing's really going right for them. So what's the argument on St. Louis? In fact, aging is a big reason why you might think they're over the hill. Um, Who else? Vancouver, same thing. I don't really like the coach. And there's not – they're – you know, making trades to kind of squeeze every last ounce out of this core out. And we've seen this core. That's another thing with teams like Vancouver and teams like Philadelphia and Montreal and and, and San Jose. We've seen these core groups try and fail. So why am I supposed to think this year is different? The Sabres would be the team I would pick out. And the Sabres would be the team I'd think, okay, I can see it. And to make a football comparison – I do this with a lot of sports. I do this with the, with the NFL this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And to compare the Sabres to the Jaguars might sound like an insult. But the reason I latched on to Jacksonville in the last month is the record's not good, but all the games they lose are one-score games. They actually have a very good point differential. They were in the positive until this week. And they've got young talent. They've got a young supposedly generationally talented quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. They got these good receivers now. They got this nice running back. They got a new coach that everybody seems to like. They've got some new pieces on defense, the Josh Allen pass rusher. They've got youth, and it might be a year early on them, but there's reason to believe that they're better than their record. Now, to make the Sabres comparison, why I would believe they are capable of getting back in the race. One, hockey's different than football. More games, more opportunity to get back in the race, more opportunity to go on a streak and get back in it. And the Sabres have 57 games to play. They have a lot of meat on the bone left to go. They have a lot of opportunity here, as I will put it. The Sabres, if I were to make the argument for the Sabres, and pretend I'm not in Buffalo, what's the argument for the Sabres getting back in? One, for how high event a team they are. Start there. 96 goals scored. 96 goals scored. They have scored the second most goals in hockey. Let me repeat that if you haven't seen that floating around. The Buffalo Sabres have scored more goals this season than everyone else in the NHL except the Dallas Stars. That's it. 
Dallas has scored 98. Sabres have scored 96. Boston has scored 96. They have a ton of offensive talent, and they're no longer reliant on one line. I just talked about the Quinn cousins Paterka line. With that kid line, the new Roy Vanekafinaganoff, if I will, that line stepping up and showing up has allowed the Sabres to become a two-line team. Thompson, Skinner, and Tuck have been dynamite all year. Now we've got a second line that they can rely upon. And there's a checking line down there in a post Gergensen's. You know what they're going to give you. So I've got two lines I trust offensively, and i got a third line I trust defensively. The middle stat line is a sinkhole. They need to get that figured out. But they're scoring. They're scoring a lot. That is big. And for me, that brings me to part two of my thesis for why the Sabres can get back in the playoff race. We know they can score. Why aren't they winning more games? Easily, simply put, they allow a lot of goals. The Sabres have, while well, they scored the second most, they have allowed the seventh most goals in hockey. They've allowed 92 goals on the season. That's a lot. And part of that is defensive woes. Part of that is defensive injuries. And that's something that you can't really control. And part of it, of course, is the fact that here we go again, but they can't find any semblance of competent play when it comes to goaltending. So those three reasons are why they can't let, they can't stop anything. They can't stop a beach ball. Well, which thing is likelier to maintain? What's more likely to hold up? The Sabres scoring at a top rate or the Sabres letting in goals at a top rate? And I'm here to argue that the Sabres scoring goals is more sustainable than the amount of goals they're letting in. And the reason why would be a lot of their youth. The fact that they are the youngest team in hockey. The fact that it took Jack Quinn a month to get going into the season. It took Paterka a month to really sustain some consistency. Cousins, too. Those three are the biggest reason. But also, you know, Don Granato finding his way back to putting Alex Tuck with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner. By the way, Thompson, remember, started the season slow. He only had like three or four points in the first week or two of the season. So it took everybody a little bit to get going. And because they're so young, it feels, maybe I'm relying on a narrative here for this, but it feels like because they're so young that there's only room to grow, right? There's only there's only room to go up. Um, and maybe they find a way to get that middle stat line going or find any semblance of a third scoring line with Peyton Krebs maybe leading the way at center. But anyways, it's those top two lines. I, I don't see them falling off. You know, they'll, they'll find some inconsistencies, especially the kid line, I'm sure, because of how young they are. But I, I don't know. I, I trust youth in this league and now in today's game. I trust speed, youth, and skill. And that's what they've got going in their top six. On the other end, the amount of goals they're letting in. They missed Matias Samuelson for two weeks, three weeks. He's back. Yoki Haru's back. And the power Darlene pairing or pairings have been dominant when they're on the ice. And now that they've got competent partners, I mean, they can't be stopped. The third pairing is a bit of a sinkhole. The same way the middle stat line is a bit of a sinkhole. Part of this is one of two things could happen here that could prevent the Sabres from letting in as many goals as they are. One, they make a trade. And we talked about Jacob Chikorin a couple of episodes ago. He would stabilize the third pair. He would play big minutes. And he would really help the Sabres out defensively when it comes to limiting scoring chances. That's number one. The second avenue to letting fewer goals in. Get 
one goalie. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Uka Pekalukinen because he's got all this talent and he was a highly thought of prospect and he just figures it out in his rookie season. I don't care if it's Eric Comrie, who was the best backup goalie in hockey last year and he gets his feet under him. I don't care if it's Craig Anderson throwing, uh, turning back the clock and he has a hot month. I don't need the rest of the season. I think the Sabres need the rest of the season. One of the three goalies to have one hot month. That's it. If one of those three has one hot month, the Sabres are back in it because it can happen like that. One winning streak and you're back. And to give you an example and to put that into perspective, how quickly it can turn. The Sabres right now have an opportunity in front of them. Their next three games, Wednesday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets on the road, and then a home and home on Friday and Saturday with the Pittsburgh Penguins, who they're dealing with some missing pieces. Chris Letang, you know, thoughts for him. He's dealing, he had a stroke. Um, so hopefully he's okay health wise. There was a good update on him today, I guess, that he is doing better, uh, but he's not in the lineup right now. So they're missing their number one defenseman. And the Penguins currently sit in the top wildcard spot with 30 points. And if the Sabres, the, the Penguins, by the way, at time of recording, are beating the Blue Jackets uh, three to one. So let's assume they win that game. Pittsburgh will be at 32 points. And the Sabres will have three games, one against Columbus and then two in a row against Pittsburgh. But And Pittsburgh will just have the two games against the Sabres. The Sabres win those three games in regulation. They put together three games in a row here, Wednesday through Saturday. They're three points behind Pittsburgh. And I didn't say that they would get into a playoff spot. What I said is they'd get back into the race if they have a hot month or a a winning streak here. And three games is not even much of a winning streak. It'd be four if you go back to the San Jose game, if they are able to pull this off. Give me the next three games as regulation wins. And the Sabres are three points behind Pittsburgh, who are currently the top wildcard team. That's how quickly it can turn. You don't need goaltending to stabilize for the rest of the year. You just need a hot month. And it could be any of the three. And what are the odds that happens? It's not zero. It might not be that likely. Maybe it's 50-50 that they get a hot month from one of these guys. But that's all the Sabres need. Or they need, you know, they're going to need a Jacob Chikrin. Or they're going to need that third pair to play a lot better than they have. But I think that's more likely than the Sabres falling off when it comes to goal scored. Because I trust their goal scoring. I trust their skill right now. And I trust Don Granado and Don Granado's system to allow for as much offensive talent to come to fruition as possible. Uh, So I think the Sabres are capable of getting back in the mix here. And these next three games will be hugely important. It will be an opportunity uh, for them to do so. We will do a full scope preview of the Sabres and the Blue Jackets before Wednesday night's game. So come back for that tomorrow. I'll have my best bets of the game, and we'll look at what's going on with Columbus. It's a team I don't think we've mentioned all year, because they might be the most uninteresting team in hockey, but um, yeah, we'll let you know what's going on with them. I actually have a lot of criticism for Columbus and what they're doing. I think they're kind of a joke the way they entered this season, Uh, but I'll explain more uh, on tomorrow's show at sneaky Joe sports to follow me on Twitter uh, at locked on savers to follow the podcast account at our uh, YouTube channel. If you want to give us a reply in the comment section or a question, uh, then we'll read it on the show here. So you can do that there as well. Like, and subscribe us wherever you may be listening. And thanks for making us here on locked on savers. Your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen locked on sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.